Hello everyone, this is Joe and TJ. We are the Schoolhouse 302 and this month we are talking about how we can support new teachers. TJ, we landed on five proven ways to support new teachers and we think they're critical. We don't think they're gimmicky in any way, but it's so important right now. I was just reading in Ed Week just a couple days ago about this crisis. Is it really a crisis? You know, how bad is it? There's a couple studies that this article featured and one was out of the Annenberg Institute out of Brown University. The other one was out of Kansas State. Staggering statistics, PJ, staggering. Over 36,000 vacancies right now, they're saying across the U.S., and they make it clear that that's a conservative amount, that it was hard, very hard to get good data. And we can fully appreciate and understand that. But then they also said something that I thought was brutal. And I know we've discussed it time and time again. And that's roughly 163,000. Let me repeat that. 163,000 people are in positions and they may not be fully certified in the area in which they're teaching. Staggering data. This is definitely a crisis. We're feeling it across you know, the state in our own districts is something you and I talk about all the time since we are um, really in the trenches trying to solve this issue and run districts and have very highly effective classrooms. It's tough. We're in a tough, tough situation. Yeah, I'm scared, Joe. Honestly, I am scared about it. Um, I saw another statistic that said by 2030, we will be 6.9 million educators short worldwide. 6.9 million educators short if we don't do something about this crisis. I want to give us some credit, if you don't mind, to, with the listeners that we predicted some of this prior to the pandemic when we wrote Building a Winning Team and Retention for a Change. Those books are about a BDA strategy before, during, and after that you can't just wait for these positions to be vacant and you can't just sit tight that they're going to be filled, that we need to work on our culture before there are vacancies, that we needed to have some serious recruiting efforts. That's the B and the D. And the after is the retention strategies, particularly with new teachers. You have two very vulnerable populations right now. I want to say that again to the listeners, the school principals, the assistant principals out there. You have two very vulnerable populations. The first vulnerable population is your best teachers because they're going to continue to have the greatest opportunities. They're going to continue to be able to go anywhere they want. And you have the second vulnerable population, and that's your new teachers. It doesn't even have to be new teachers to the profession. It could be new teachers to your school. If they're not acclimated property, properly, if they don't feel a sense of belonging in the school, they're going to be shopping around. If your culture isn't what it needs to be, folks, if your reputation isn't there, and trust me, Joe and I aren't perfect. We're working on these things in our own, in our own faculty rooms, in our own school districts, but we need to work on reputation. A blog post about that coming up in October. We need to work on our new teachers. That's why we spent the entire month on that. Got to build the winning team. 
You got to have practices for retention. And we need to pull these things together so that we attract more people. Grow your own efforts. Anything we can do out there, we need to work together within the profession to support the profession. Because the teachers aren't coming, folks. The pipeline's not there. And we need the ones we have and we need them to be at their best because we're going to be asking them to do more until we can figure out this, this problem. Joe, is there one thing that you want to pull out here and talk to the audience about? I know there's one thing I want to make sure I hit before we're done with our three uh, two thoughts today. But is there one thing from you that you want the audience to remember um, from this episode? Absolutely. So I'm glad you mentioned a couple things, TJ, that one that we have been talking about this for quite a while with Principal L and others really across the state and the nation. And But what I want to mention here is that we want to also be sure that we maintain very high standards. There just seems to be like this odd notion that we have to forego certain things in order to build like an energetic climate, a fun school, a place where people want to go. That doesn't mean parties. That means creating cultures where people are winning. And for us winning, that translates as student and teacher success in the classroom. People want to make a difference. The number one thing people need in their life is certainty. One of the ways we get certain about what we're doing is knowing it's actually making a difference. And I know that may even sound a little reductionist or even like, wow, that seems way too simple. It's not. We want to build cultures where we maintain very high standards because it's within those cultures that people want to excel, but they really want to be a part of. I don't know a teacher who's ever started their journey as a professional, not wanting to make a difference in the lives of kids. You make a, a, a tremendous point here. And here's the trick, because behind all of what we produce is organizational psychology, the psychology of the workplace. And what Joe's talking about with high standards is that people think they want to feel good at work. But really what people need to do is be good at work. And the way that you feel good at work is by being good at it. And so leaders don't work to get people to feel better at work. That's a myth. You have to work to get people to be better at work. And when their capacity is stronger and they maintain high expectations, they feel better. Cultures that win are cultures that succeed and cultures that achieve. People want to be a part of a winning team, not just part of a team because it feels good because we go to parties and we hang out a happy hour. Those things are important too, but so is student achievement. And that's what new teachers, that's what great teachers, that's what all teachers want to be a part of. I want to hit on one thing, though, that's super important. Leaders, 70% of the people who work in organizations say that they're not celebrated, that their achievements aren't recognized. But yet 70% of leaders say that they go around praising people. It's not that leaders don't praise people, it's that they don't do it well. The Vada boys, the well dones, the good job todays, those don't work. The, 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 what do you call it sandwich? I won't say on the show, Joe, where you tell somebody something nice, you give them some critical feedback and you tell them something nice. That doesn't work either. 
right? So we've developed a model for praise. I'll go over it briefly. You can find it at our site at theschoolhouse302.com. Um, and the praise model works like this. We give somebody a praise statement. Nice job in the classroom today. But then we be more specific. So you have to be specific about what you meant was good. I saw you use uh, Think, Pair, Share today, and it got students talking. Then we're going to provide a rationale. It's so important for kids to put the content in their own words. I'm even going to anchor it, Joe, to say we've been working on this as a school to improve student discourse. And I'm going to follow that back up with well done. It's what I want to see when I'm here. And so we have the four part model, praise statement, be specific, provide a rationale, follow it up with specificity. Those things work in the psychology of our employees to help them feel proud about their work because they're connected to the school goals and it helps them to repeat the things that they're doing well. That's what your new teachers need. They need your praise, but they need your praise done well so that they feel a part of the culture, they feel successful, and they return next school year. We don't even want them looking this summer, people. Yeah, it's a great point, TJ. And I don't want to miss the, the point that you make about you're anchoring the praise on something that the school is focused on. So, for example, if the school's focus on Kagan strategies and they're trying Kagan strategies, praise that. You're praising the effort and the desire to get better, even if it flops. Don't lie to the teacher and say, wow, that was great when it wasn't great, because they'll know it wasn't great. What you're praising is the fact that they're trying to think pair share, that they're giving the kids the opportunity for a little metacognition time. Right. And that's where you're anchoring. So I don't want our listeners to overlook that important part, because, again, when we featured read this this year, this past month, we talked about coherence a little bit. And that stems back to that point of coherence. TJ, I want to give you my one takeaway. I think in the very beginning of the school year, we start out, you know, like a, a cannonball right out of a cannon. And we're so hyped up. It's great. We're welcoming people. But as time moves on very quickly, the rigors of the day can easily eat up our time. I'm encouraging people be outrageously involved. That's my key takeaway. Be outrageously involved, especially with your new teachers. See how well they're doing. Be there to help coach mentor, support, know what their days are really like, not just, you know, in the mailroom or grabbing their lunch, really be outrageously involved. TJ, do you have one key takeaway? I do have one key takeaway, Joe, and it's that leaders need to talk behind people's backs. And you know what I'm talking about here. We have to talk behind people's backs and we have to talk positively and we have to be supportive and we have to tell people the things we can't believe are happening in the school because they're so awesome for kids. And what we're doing with that is we're building collective efficacy. The one problem we have in education is it's isolated. We don't always get to see each other doing the work that we do so well. But guess who does get to see that work? That's the leader, the person who goes around and watches everybody as they work and everybody else is in their classroom doing that work. And so what we do is we talk behind people's backs and we spread the beautiful joy 
of the things that are happening in the classrooms when that person's not looking and we tell the person up the hall the wonderful things that Mrs. Smith is doing, that Mr. Jones is doing that are making a difference in the lives of kids. And we build that collective efficacy where everybody feels that they're a part of something that's effective. They start to wonder what's going on, moving around, seeing each other in their classrooms. And the leader is the one that builds that culture. And you do it by talking about things and talking about the great work of the people, especially when they're not around. Joe, another 302 thoughts for our audience, part of our One Thing series. Don't forget to check us out at the schoolhouse302.com for blog posts, podcasts, books to read, and more. If you're interested in a topic that we haven't covered, just hit us up, contact at the schoolhouse302.com. That's contact at the schoolhouse302.com. Again, this is our 302 Thoughts part of our One Thing series, and we'll see you next time. Hey, leaders, before you go, one more announcement. We now have available for you our candid and compassionate feedback masterclass. Really, because of high demand, we are thrilled to offer this. This is a course that we run live and in person all the time, and leaders love it. They learn to give feedback with skills that they can use right away, including better praise to lift and celebrate your team. It's now available in a virtual online format that you can take on your own, self-paced, from the comfort of your office or home. Here's what you'll get. There are 11 lessons with a focus on nine candor cancellations that we wrote in our Candid and Compassionate Feedback book. These are mistakes that leaders make that we don't want you to make anymore. We'll teach you models so that your feedback is meaningful and we'll give you tools necessary to build the culture that you always wanted. Trust us, without these critical skills, you're not capitalizing on your own capacity to lead better and grow faster. Go to the site, theschoolhouse302.com, click on shop courses, add this course to your cart and start learning today.